0: Everybody, here we go! Up to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the
1: happiest thing.
0: Now, here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is someone I'm so excited to chat with and learn more about. It's Hannah, who makes up one-third of Charlton's Do Disney, along with her husband, Scott, and their son, Kai. So, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about the Charlton's and how you guys do Disney.
1: Hi, um, yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, so as you said, um, my name's Hannah and, uh, I recently started vlogging our Disney trips to Florida with my husband and our son. Um, we started our YouTube channel last year. Uh, it was actually our fourth family visit to Disney world. So we've been going for a few years before we decided to start vlogging it. Um, the, the reason we started the, the reason we decided to start vlogging our trips was actually because uh, in 2016 we had a really tough year. We didn't have uh, a Disney trip that year, um, because we tend to go every other year because it's really expensive to go from the UK. Um, but 2016 was actually a tough year for us as a family and we had a lot to deal with. Um, and we ended up watching a lot of Disney vlogs. Because Disney just gives you that warm feeling, whether you've got a trip planned or not. Um, and we watched a lot of vlogs during that year. Uh, and it, it really helped us. It helped keep our spirits up. Um, and it got us through some really tough times. Um, definitely inspired us to keep going because we knew we wanted to go back the following year. And uh, luckily, that year actually ended really well in the end. And before the end of 2016, we had our 2017 trip booked. Um, and we were working towards paying for that Um, and I think just because we found a lot of inspiration and um, a lot of help really from the vloggers that we were watching just to get us through that tough time I just wanted to be able to give that a go myself so that's why we decided to start vlogging in 2017 Um, in, in some sort of way to kind of pay people back or pay it forward even.
0: I think that's great, and I can completely attest to that as well because YouTube, especially as a platform, is something that I use to be able to get that spark of magic when I'm missing it, um, to be able to look at all these different people's unique um, ways of experiencing the parks and and try to live vicariously through them to to get some of that magic. So something it made me think about something that I wrote down before we started um, was that going through your series from your 2017 trip that's up on YouTube right now, that you guys had really great and raw emotions to visiting Universal um, at the at the first uh, leg of your trip. Um, and in the back of my mind, I said, well, I wonder what their reactions are going to be like when they get to Disney, because uh, this is Charlton's dude, Disney. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it, it was so, um, I guess, captivating to be able to see that it really, walking through those gates of Magic Kingdom and seeing Cinderella's castle really captured all of your guys' emotions and I think Scott said, um, you know, this is home and you said this is the best place on the planet Um, and I think that it's so refreshing to see different people's takes um, on the place that we all love so much.
1: Absolutely, Um, I I completely agree. I mean, part of the reason... The channel's called Charlton's Do Disney because this is this is our take on it. This is how we, the Charlton's, do Disney. Um, and everybody does it slightly differently. Um, we, we all have our, our favorites and things we prefer to do and different orders of things that we prefer, <laughs> how we prefer to do them. Um, but I think the one thing that's common between all of us is how much we love that place and how much we get a sense of, um, I mean, the way we describe it is a detachment from reality. You know, the Disney bubble is a real thing. Um, and so you get to step outside of, you know, just the the normal things in life and some of the hard things in life. And you, you just get to mentally and emotionally detach and, um, and just completely enjoy yourself without worry. And I think in particular, stepping into Magic Kingdom, looking down Main Street and seeing that castle, that castle represents all of that.
0: So I want to turn it back a little bit, and I know you talked about this in one of your very first videos, but if you can share with us, where did your love for Disney begin? How did it evolve over time? And then how did it become such a big part of the Charlton's as a family that it meant so much to all of you guys collectively?
1: Okay. Uh, My parents took myself and my sister to Walt Disney World when I was about eight years old. So that would have been around uh, 89. Um, I don't have very many memories of that trip other than firstly crying on Main Street at the start of the parade because I was so hot (laughs) and I couldn't handle the heat and my mother was getting quite stressed just trying to find somewhere to get us a Coke to cool down. Um, That's my one lasting memory but I do know that I absolutely fell in love with the place Uh, and fell in love with somewhere where you could actually meet Mickey Mouse um, because we were we were raised on Disney films and Disney cartoons, so it was bringing all of that to life. Um, I was fortunate enough to go twice more as a child um, with my parents, my sister, and, and by then my brother was born. So sadly, my brother's been to to Walt well, Disney World twice, um, but both times he was under a year old, so he slept through the entire thing. <laughs> um, and uh, I have really good memories of MGM Studios. I remember waking up really early. We were staying at the Hilton Hotel that's now right next to uh, Disney Springs um, and catching the bus with just me and my dad and going on the tram tour at MGM Studios early. We got there for Rope Drop and um, and being absolutely captivated with that tram tour because it was back in the days when that tram tour was really long and took a really long time and you got to see so much more. And then seeing things like Catastrophe Canyon – and being completely wowed by that. Um, so I have my parents to thank for for taking us um, and just allowing us to kind of soak everything up and really enjoy it. Uh, after then, um, I didn't go back until I was a, an adult. Uh, my parents actually divorced shortly after that last trip, sadly. Um, and so holidays and trips abroad were, were out of the question for many years. And then I actually met Scott when I was in my final year of school here. I was 16 and he was 18, nearly 19. So we met really young Um, and we actually married really young too. Um, And then when we'd been married for a few years, we had no money and um, we hadn't taken any trips or holidays together. Um, And Scott's parents knew that I loved Disney and booked us on a trip to go to Disneyland Paris at Christmas. Scott's birthday is the first week of December and they booked the trip for that week. Um, and I was so excited, but I was nervous because I didn't know quite what Scott was going to think of it. Um, so we took the trip over there. And um, Disneyland Paris at Christmas is magical because it's cold and, and it feels wintry and it's such a beautiful park. Um, and it's decorated wonderfully. I think the moment he stepped in and started walking down main street, I think it just kind of clicked for him. Um, and I think we spent three days there. And, uh, the funny thing is we'd, we'd never had a Christmas tree. We'd been married for a few years. Um, and we, we hadn't really bothered decorating our, our uh, home for Christmas and when we got back I think two days later we went out and we bought a massive tree and loads of decorations and we had decorations that we'd bought in Disneyland Paris and we decorated the whole house because immediately Scott was like we've got to recreate this in our house and I you know that from then on that's just kind of been how we've done things we, we've tried to bring it into our home in all kinds of ways at all times of the year and it's never really stopped
0: wow that's such an amazing story so I thank you so much for sharing that with us because I think so many people can relate to that but when you're in the middle of that trip um to Paris was that where that first conversation took place with Scott that hey we need to go to Orlando we need to experience this um in Walt Disney World And, and did he take to that
1: Do you know what? That actually took quite a while. Uh, For for a while, Disneyland Paris was enough for us. Um, You know, it's it's, being in England, it's accessible, it's very affordable. Um, And so we had quite a few years break because um, we had our son. And then we decided we wanted to go again and take him. He was only two years old, and it's funny. I see a lot of British people saying, "Oh, I don't know why you would take such a young child to Disneyland. They're just—they're either not going to appreciate it, or they're just going to cry and get fussy the whole time." And I just thought, "No, I, I want to take him." We we actually went in late spring that time, um, and we went with some friends, and it was really, really great. We loved it. And then after that, we continued to go every year for another three years but at christmas because christmas was special to us it was scott's birthday that time and and it became like our tradition um and for a while that was enough and then um bless them scott's parents stepped in again um they travel a lot around the world all sorts of countries um and they were getting ready to retire and they wanted to take us on a holiday with them as a sort of kind of last shebang before they retired um, and they secretly went out and booked two weeks in Orlando for us with them and then came to us uh, for lunch one day and decided to surprise us to tell us that oh by the way in nine months we're all going to Orlando for two weeks and uh, we were so excited we couldn't believe it we, we had no idea that they were planning this um, so we made our first trip to Orlando in 2012, and um, it was amazing. Kai, by this time, was seven, so he was the perfect age to to experience it and to experience, you know, Disney parks on a much wider scale with with extra parks and things that he just wasn't used to at all. Um, so, yeah, that was our first trip out there, 2012. And uh, when we got back, uh, I think within 30 days, we'd booked another trip, and we went back the following year. <laughs>
0: That's great. And a couple of things that that made me think of is that my wife and I are not parents yet, but we have a brand new baby niece and we've been having those discussions right now of when is the appropriate time to take her to the parks for the first time. And many people have told us that same thing that I think so many people say is, well, you can't take her until she'll be able to remember it. And I think ultimately we have not bought that argument um, strictly because she's still going to experience joy. Um, and all the emotions that come with the parks, even if she doesn't get memories from it, and us as her aunt and uncle, and as when my parents go as her grandparents and my brother go as her parents, they're going, we're all going to experience the parks in a completely new way, seeing it through her eyes and the emotions that it draws out of her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I do feel bad for my brother that you know he was a baby and he slept through two whole trips. I, that's kind of sad. Um, but you know, one of one of my favorite things at, at any Disney park is just seeing kids see their heroes. You know, you see like the little girl dressed as Belle, and she'll see Belle in the parade or. You know, uh, uh, from across, you know, across the herb, across to the castle, and and you just see their faces and and how excited and in awe they are. And you know, these these are kids I don't even know, but it brings me such joy to see how happy they are. You know, um, and just I I remember Kai, age two, um, in Disneyland Paris, running around the Alice in Wonderland maze that they have there. So it's like a hedge maze. A grown adult can kind of see over the top of these hedges because they're not that high. But for a two year old, it's so exciting. And I've got photos of him running around. And, and, you know, this is before smartphones. So we were using a real camera and uh, and the photos are blurry because he's running so fast and he's so excited. Um, I just, you know, he doesn't remember that, but I do. And I have the photos and it's just it's wonderful. I mean, what's amazing is he's been to Disneyland Paris four times. The last time he went was in 2010, he was five years old. He has very sparse memories of, of that trip and really nothing of the trips before. But he, he, you know, he's seen photos, he's seen some video clips and, and he has a few memories. We're going back to Disneyland Paris in November this year for the first time since then, so eight years. And he's so excited to go back. And I know he's gonna spend the whole trip comparing it to Orlando. Um, but he, a big part of this trip coming up to Disneyland Paris is getting to kind of experience that newness for him all over again. I'm so excited to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great time to mention for all of our listeners that if they're not already caught up on your YouTube videos, that they can do that at Charlton's Do Disney. Um, Just search for the channel and you can catch up. Um, And I am so excited for your upcoming Disneyland Paris trip. Um, a, I think just because the parks have kind of grown up a little bit over the past couple years, um, they're really getting their own identity back. And it seems like the park is coming into its own, um, at this time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just so excited to be able to see how you guys experience those parks and and be able to spread some of that magic of what we've been accustomed to of, of the video series that you're currently working on from your 2017 trip.
1: Oh, that's great. I, we're really looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to vlogging it. We're upgrading some of our equipment and some of our editing stuff. So, hopefully, the quality is going to go up as well. So, really excited to share it with you all.
0: Awesome. So, I know you mentioned in one of your early videos that videoing the parks is something that you guys have done for quite a while now. Um, but your last trip was your first um, effort to create vlogs uh, specifically for YouTube. So, how did that transition take place? Did you find that difficult? to be able um, to make that conscious effort to be capturing this video that was in the format of a vlog to be able to put into a YouTube video?
1: Um, It was fairly easy, but I I think watching a lot of other people's vlogs has definitely helped you learn a lot just by watching and seeing what other people do and naturally you're going to have vloggers that you favor over others just because of the type of content they do and um and maybe even their editing and that kind of thing i think for me i always really appreciated those vloggers both um you know they're mostly either u.s or british vloggers that we watch um but there are some on both sides that tend to do a lot more kind of tips for things and hints for different things that you can you know to help you get the most out of your vacation um i i like those because again like i said before coming from the uk it's an expensive holiday the the flights really do kind of take a massive chunk out of your budget they take a long time to save for and it's a lot of sacrifice so when you're out there for a lovely two weeks, you, you do want to get your money's worth. You want to make sure you're getting the best value, whether it's in your dining or your t- how you spend your time. Um, so I I really like those vloggers that, that get that kind of information across. And I knew that I wanted to, um, as well as kind of show how we did things and how we enjoy things, if there was any kind of help that I could get across, that was definitely how I was going to do it um start actually starting vlogging like holding the camera talking to the camera it's weird when you first start doing it there's no getting around it and um so the first place we were doing it really publicly was in gatwick airport in london uh, on our travel day <laughs> and uh, and british people find vlogging a bit strange i think they may be a little bit more used to it now but we had a lot of very strange looks um, from older people. Teenagers, they get it. They they knew what we were doing and they just kind of smiled and just, you know, let us go on with it. But we did get some funny looks. Um, and that was a little bit unsettling at first. But it was a good practice run. And so by the time we actually arrived uh, in Orlando and made our way over to our resort at Universal, it started to get a bit easier. And it's just like anything. The more you do it, the, the easier it becomes. Um, and then it just ends up becoming more natural, I guess. So um, as nervous as the idea of doing it makes you, just, just you know, jump in and 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 do it because it becomes easy very very quickly.
0: Yeah, and something that I can share from a viewership perspective is that I'm sure um, some of our listeners are familiar with Tim Tracker and his videos with Jen, um, and it's something that you guys yeah. I think have incorporated very well in that you go onto an attraction or a ride. And then once you get off, you pull out the vlog camera and you just ask a prompting question to, to you and Scott and Kai is, you know, and to capture those raw emotions. And, and something that was one of my favorite moments of the of the vlog is when you got off Flight of Passage and all of you just had so many different but same wavelength things to say about the attraction um, that was so unique and, and so raw and, and able to share some of that experience with the listeners and and on top of that I think that it's really great that you're able to keep kind of the same format in all the vlogs so you check in in the mornings, tell the plan for the day we we go through you with the day and then at night you're able to check back in and, and tell us that the plan went to shambles and, and yeah, Scott still didn't get the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> I know.
1: Four, four times, four, four trips we've taken, and he's still not eaten in the Cheesecake Factory. And I think he thinks there's some kind of conspiracy against him that I'm never gonna let him go there with me. But may- maybe
0: next year. <laughs> that'll have to be like a video on its own of scott's experience in cheesecake factory uh to see if it lives up to the hype uh, of what he has it pictured in his head uh i would love to see that down the road but i i do think that is a great way of doing it where you guys have your morning kind of checklist go throughout the day and then at the end of the day kind of share your experiences share what you liked what you didn't like give your tips um and then you know catch back up the very next day and then we're off to the races again.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: So one last thing I want to cover and then we'll head into the lightning round where our listeners can get to know you a little bit better in your Disney fandom. Um, But it's what is kind of the ultimate goal um, for the YouTube page? What is the message that you want to send or the emotions that you want your listener or your viewers to experience while watching your channel?
1: Okay. I think one one of the the other big reasons... That we started this vlog um, was just to kind of uh, become a wider part of the Disney community. Um, I think in in your personal life you have those people you know that that get Disney, and then you have those people in your life that just don't get it. And 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 we we know some lovely lovely people in our lives, but they honestly cannot get their heads around the fact that we only go on holiday. To Disney parks, you know, you're that family. Oh my gosh, have you booked Disney again? <laughs> we experienced that a lot, and um, you know, that's cool. A lot of people don't get it. That's fine. Um, but I, I like to be in community with people that are just as nuts about this place as I am. Um, and and by making these vlogs, that was a, a, a way into to kind of having more involvement with that kind of a community. So I think going forward, um, it's, I'm looking to kind of just develop the relationships I have in that community even more. Made some really wonderful online friends. Um, and friends in the UK that also blog, and then some of them do merchandise, and I've been lucky enough to kind of purchase some of their merchandise and um, converse with them around those kinds of things as well. And, you know, going forward, maybe there's the opportunity to do meetups and all that kind of stuff. So just growing in that community, I think, and um, having that opportunity to connect with more and more people that are, you know, just as, as crazy as I am.
0: That's great, and that's something that I relate to so much as well. I mean, that was ultimately the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was that I was out there consuming all of this Disney content, um, and I felt this urge that I wanted to become part of the community um, and be creating my own content to see if I could connect with anybody or or just be able to chat Disney with people. And ultimately, if I was able to do that, then I thought it was a worthwhile uh, venture. So I think that's so great that... that I think all of us realize how much of a treasure that the Disney community is, um, and, and the ability to contribute and be a part of it is really something that, that's so special.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's really, really important. And, um, I'm just, you know, I, I've been yet to to come across anyone I, I haven't got along with. Um, and so I hope that that continues.
0: Perfect. So the next thing we'll jump into is our lightning round. So I'll just throw out some Disney topics. And if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, um, and then our listeners can get to know you a little bit better and your Disney fandom a little bit better. So the first one's an easy one, just name the Disney parks that you have visited.
1: Okay, so obviously Disneyland Paris, which consists of Disneyland Park and uh, the Studios Park there. And then we've also been to Walt Disney World Resort and done All of the parks there, except for Blizzard Beach.
0: Is that something that's on the agenda for the next trip?
1: I think so. You know, we said we were going to do Blizzard Beach last year, but Typhoon Lagoon is so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can't blame you there. And which one is your favorite and why?
1: Um, Epcot is my favorite park. It is also Scott and Kai's favorite park, so that works out quite well. Um, But uh, a Child, I was more than mildly obsessed with anything futuristic and uh horizons was the single greatest ride in all of Walt Disney World for me as a child um I would go on it a lot and um and I would always travel home through space at the end because that was the best way um and so Epcot you know representing science and technology and all that kind of thing for me just was completely my bag i i loved it and um and i love how much of it at least until now has remained unchanged (laughs) um so it's hugely nostalgic for me um and yeah absolutely it's my favorite
0: something that reminded me of um in your videos is that when you guys got down there and Scott wanted to collect all the pins for the logos, for the uh, the original logos, for the attractions for Epcot's 35th anniversary. Yeah. Um, and just watching him go around and try to collect those pins really sparked in me that I thought, I, pin trading has never crossed my mind. It's never been something that I've been too interested in. Um, but for some reason, seeing Scott go through that. It sparked, and I thought, well, maybe pin trading is something that we should look into on our next trip. and I know that you and Kai also got into it a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, do you know what? we we never did pin trading um until last year. Uh, in Paris, the kind of when we were going to Paris uh, years ago, it they have pins, but you know not many. and, and there was not really pin trading really um and then we kind of saw people doing it in Orlando and we started going there and kind of thought oh yeah yeah that's cool and then um I think it probably was um seeing it on somebody else's vlog that made us think you know we'll we'll give that a go this year and um oh my gosh it's so addictive it's crazy every time we went into a gift store or saw a cast member with a really good looking collection of pins on their on their pocket or whatever we'd be straight in there (laughs) and kind of just trying to get to the front of the line to see what was there Uh, and then we also I think in one of my most recent vlog episodes that went up we happened to stumble across the enormous pin trading board that they ring out randomly at the Polynesian. Um, We just happened to come down the stairs as it was out. And this thing is enormous. It's so big. And you can't possibly look at all the pins on the board in one go. And you know that there's a huge line behind you and you're just trying to rush to find something. Oh, but it's just it's like a rush so you know we're we're fully won over with the pin trading thing now and i'm i hear that it's actually picking up a bit in paris now so i'm really looking forward to checking that out and and maybe putting some of that in our next blog series to to hopefully try and kind of push that along in paris a bit that'd be really great
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's funny because for years my sister-in-law who's a cast member at walt disney world she um of course as a cast member has to have pins that she can trade with any guest. but then she also has her personal collection that she goes around and trades and you know, on previous visits, we've kind of um, been exasperated whenever she will go and, and try to pin trade and, and we want to head on to the next attraction or anything like that. But um, we probably will owe her an apology um, for that on our upcoming trip since we will be right there with her <laughs> trading pins. But I think it's a fun thing that you can do that that is timeless, that you can do visit after visit and trying to improve your collection and, and trying to... Um, ultimately get all the pins that you want to and that you have interest in.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the next one is a Disney bucket list trip for you.
1: Okay. So uh, this is the thing. If it was just down to me personally um, and money was no object, I would like to go and do a trip out to Disneyland in California and then also go to San Francisco and take in the Walt Disney Family Museum. And that will happen at some point. But if we were making the decision as a family, we would go to Japan. When we do like a three-week trip, and we take in Tokyo and and the rural areas of Japan, and we just do a solid week at Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. I mean, I, I have watched so many vlogs about Tokyo Disney Sea in particular. It really does look like the most beautiful Disney park in the whole world. I'm so desperate to ride their version of Tower of Terror because it's completely unique. Um and just and, and take in all the areas that they have there it, it looks fantastic so yeah, if we were making this as a family decision, it would be Tokyo Disney hands down
0: yeah, and as this episode airs actually I think while I will have just gotten back from Disneyland in California so um hopefully I'll be able to share some of my experiences um in some very soon episodes um from that trip but I completely agree that it it seems like um, tokyo disney sea and i've fallen in love with watching vlogs from tokyo disney and particularly tokyo disney sea that just seems like such an amazing park that is so different than all of the other disney parks um so i'm dying to get out there as well so um but but i agree that if you're gonna do it you've got to take like two or three weeks and see the whole country and and be in tokyo and and go all over the place to be able to Take in all the culture and see all the history that Japan has to offer. Um, but the next question that I'll ask you is your favorite Disney resort.
1: Okay, I think, again, if money was no object, uh, we would absolutely go and stay at Wilderness Lodge. Uh, we stayed there in 2015, and um, it it's the most beautiful uh, Disney resort of all, I think. In- I, I know everyone wants to stay at the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian, and they are beautiful. Um, but the thing is, if we ever had the, the opportunity to emigrate to the USA, uh, we would go and live in Washington State, hands down. Uh, it's It's got the kind of weather we like, the kind of uh, countryside, mountains, forests, lots of rain. So, you know, we live in England. We're good, we're good at rain. Um, so, you know, Wilderness Lodge... Being based on that kind of area of the states, that um that feels like home, uh, and it and it did from the minute we got there. Um, I had we weren't vlogging then, but I do have a little video clip of Scott and Kaya walking in there for the first time um, when we arrived, and just both of them, you know, that the the chins just hit the floor, and you walk in that room and you just look up, and it's so vast and so amazing and so detailed. Um, yeah, it feels cozy and it kind of feels like you're in someone's house. Um, it's just absolutely stunning. So yeah, without question, Wilderness Lodge, hundred percent.
0: Great choice. Next one would be your favorite ride or attraction.
1: Uh, favorite ride would be Haunted Mansion, which is kind of funny because when I went as a child, I have, this is actually another memory I have of, of my, my visit as a child, uh, standing in Liberty Square, looking at the Haunted Mansion. Knowing that it was kind of about ghosts and stuff um, and hearing, I, I, I don't know if they, this actually happened or if I just remember it that way, hearing kind of ghostly sounds or ghostly music kind of emanating from the Haunted Mansion and really wanting to ride it, but being too terrified to do so. I mean, I, I didn't ride it as a kid. I, I would get scared riding Pirates of the Caribbean. I loved Pirates of the Caribbean. It's still one of my favorites, but I would close my eyes on all the bits with the skeletons because skeletons freaked me out. And I knew if I've had a tough time on those bits of Pirates of the Caribbean, there was no way I was ever going to be able to get through Haunted Mansion. I was scared of everything as a child. I was scared of E.T. as a child. Um, So I I had this real kind of confliction uh, about wanting to go on it. And then obviously when I went on it when I was a grown up. I was like, oh, my gosh, I could have done this. This would have been fine. <laughs> um, and I, I just think it's um, it's such an immersive ride. It has an amazing storyline. It has amazing music. It's classic Disney. Um, I, I like the classic Disney rides. Um, it, it has everything in there. It's the full package for me.
0: And remind me, what is the Disneyland Paris of Haunted Mansion? I know it's not called Haunted Mansion. What's, what's, what is it called?
1: it's called phantom manor um i'm really sad actually because it's undergoing refurbishment at the moment and and a major refurbishment it closed up in january of this year and originally it was set to open at the end of september presumably in time for the halloween season um but then it got uh, i think it got delayed once until november um, and now it's been delayed until January again. So when we booked our parachute, we thought we were going to be able to to ride it, and turns out it's probably not going to be the case now. So we are really sad that we're not going to be able to do that. It's um it's a very different story. So whereas in in uh Walt Disney World you have it's uh, it's Constance, isn't it, the bride who's the uh, the one behind all all the murders with her axe, <laughs> um in Phantom Manor. Uh, the storyline ties in with Frontierland as a land much more closely, I find. So um, this, the premise is is that the house is owned by uh, a man who owns th- the mine, you know, the Big Thunder Mountain mine, and he's a wealthy man, and so he has this manor house on top of the hill that overlooks the, his mine and, and you know all his workers at work, um, and there but there is a phantom. In the house so in this one it's the phantom that is responsible for all the kind of bad stuff going on as opposed to a bride but there is a bride in that ride as well except she's kind of like the victim so it's a little bit twisted on its head um and there used to be certainly you know before this refurb i think this refurb is going to change up the storyline a little bit but before there was this kind of weird section where you would go through kind of the wild west ghost town So there'd be like a saloon and a blacksmith and that kind of thing. And all the people that run those businesses were kind of like uh, the ghosts and the ghouls and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So it it was kind of different. Um, There was no kind of outside graveyard scene like you get at the end of the the Disney World one. So but whether that, you know, is going to remain with this refurb, I've got absolutely no idea. I'm really excited to see what's coming.
0: That's great. I'm intrigued um, by just by your description of it. And I think that's what I love so much about all the different Haunted Mansions is that in all the different parts, it seems like they all have a different storyline, even from the architecture of the building itself. um, Ah. It's so different. Um, But the next question would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack.
1: Favorite snack is a Mickey ice cream sandwich. It's absolutely perfect when you're really, really hot uh, and, uh, you know, the ice cream between two uh, cookies or biscuits, as we would call them. Um, so it's not messy um, and it's so tasty. And I have found an ice cream sandwich <laughs> in my local grocery store that tastes exactly the same and i have to make myself not buy it because i will buy a pack of six and eat them all very very quickly um so but that absolutely make you ice cream sandwich every time
0: perfect next would be your favorite disney restaurant uh
1: disney restaurant ohana uh ahana is uh uh, just everything you eat there is amazing the atmosphere is amazing um we like the kind of all you care to eat style uh you know restaurants that you can go to out there and, and that's definitely the best of them as far as we're concerned i haven't done breakfast there yet i would like to do that um so maybe we can look at doing that on our trip next year but um yeah ahana i think if only for the Foster's, caramel, banana, bread pudding at the end.
0: <laughs> Great choice. And if we had to narrow it down some more, which would be your favorite quick service restaurant?
1: Uh, quick service. Oh, Katsura Grill in, uh, in Epcot. Um, I really like Asian foods and Japanese foods in particular. Um, I really like ramen and their uh, their pork ramen out there is It doesn't feel like you're eating quick service. I think it's really good value.
0: So next few questions will be outside the parks, but what is your favorite Disney movie?
1: Uh, Favorite Disney movie is Mary Poppins. Uh, It's probably one of the first Disney movies I ever watched. I think um, I used to go to my neighbor's house to watch that movie because – this is back when you had VHS, and they used to show Mary Poppins at Christmas time on the TV, and I think they just recorded it from the TV showing, and I would go there with my friend Sarah. We must have been about five, five years old, and we would watch Mary Poppins and also uh, Bedlobs and Rube Sticks uh, on repeat, but mostly Mary Poppins.
0: So what's the verdict? Are you excited for the new version coming out later this year, apprehensive? What are your emotions around the new one?
1: Well, i thought i was excited i was um i thought casting emily blunt was a really good good choice i think she's perfect for it and i'd seen you know uh, some of the images that they released um, and some of the photos and things and that looked good and then i actually watched the trailer for the first time this week i think it came out at the start of this week and um i i cried <laughs> i really cried and and scott looked across at me on the opposite side of the sofa and poured a bit of a face if to say really? (laughs) And uh, yeah, I, I, it made me very emotional. I am hugely excited for it. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see it.
0: Same here, actually. Uh, So next would be your favorite Disney song. Uh,
1: That would have to be Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. um, Because a couple of reasons it's nostalgic for me um little mermaid is is the film my sister and i watched on repeat 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 when we were were young um and sebastian was my favorite character and it's his song and uh i think it's impossible to hear that song without dancing or at least just moving slightly it's just it's a really upbeat happy song
0: Great choice. I love that one. Um, interesting story I have about that one is that I don't know if it tours in the UK, but there is a Broadway tour of The Little Mermaid that is going around the U.S., um, and we were lucky enough to see it last year. And the version that they that the performers um, perform of Under the Sea is amazing. And as much as I love the song in the movie – The live performance of it in that Broadway rendition is absolutely amazing. So if you never get the chance to see that live action uh, version, if it never tours in the UK, uh, I would suggest looking that up on YouTube because it it really is uh, quite wonderful. Oh, I'd love to. So next question would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies
1: um okay my favorite quote would be from Mulan and it's the the quote that says the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all um you know I think in particular you know without going into detail that, that we had um a really rough year for us as a family a couple of years ago and and we've certainly being that we've been a family for a very long time um you know Scott and i marrying very young we, we've uh we've been married for 20 years so almost 20 years next year um in that time you experience a lot of ups and downs and 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 life is good but it's sometimes hard and um and so that that quite really resonates with me and as in as much as the for every tough time you go through it's always good to kind of stay positive and look ahead because better things are coming and 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 if you persevere through those hard times
0: you will bloom perfect i love that one as well so the last question would be your favorite disney memory
1: okay I'm going to go back to our very first ever trip together Scott and I the first time we went to Disneyland Paris um we so we arrived and we got into Magic Kingdom and the Christmas music's playing and kind of Scott's chin is on the floor and he's kind of just looking at the castle agape and um taking it all in and looking like he's having a real good time we kind of approach the castle and uh walk through the castle out into Fantasyland and um, at that time, they had something called Bell's Christmas Village. So in part of Fantasyland, they had this kind of like very European Christmas market with kind of small, um, like little, I don't know, there was like a chocolate kind of outlet. They were like in little sheds kind of thing um, and, and gifts and that kind of thing. But then to the side of this Christmas village was um, a little area that looked just like the the area that Belle sings that first song in Beauty and the Beast. The song is called Belle. It was the one where everyone's going, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) And and so the music from that song started playing. And so we kind of stopped and wondered what was going on. And then out comes Belle and Gaston and some villagers, and they started performing that song just right in front of us and some other people, and we all stopped and watched. And I remember turning to Scott and looking at him as he watched them perform the song and i just saw him smiling so much i mean this is scott was like 23 about then i think and uh, you know there's not many 23 year old guys that would get this enormous joy out of seeing uh, a live performance of beauty and the beast um but he just would not stop smiling and i just in that moment i knew he'd completely fallen for it you know he'd got that disney magic that was his first experience of real disney magic so that's that that cements the start of everything for me and, and that's why it's my best memory
0: that's wonderful and i thank you so much for sharing that because i think so many of us can relate to that um, even if it wasn't with ourselves but other people that you go with or other people that you introduce to the parks that moment where it clicks and you can see that someone understands that the parks have more to offer than just, you know, rides and attractions, that there's more to it than that. There's more magic that, that can't be explained. Uh, I think so many people can relate to. But the last question is something that we ask all of our guests, and it's if there's someone out there who has this desire or this passion um, to be part of the Disney community, jump in, start creating their own unique content, but they're not sure exactly how they should get started or how what route they should take, what's your piece of parting guidance to that person?
1: Um, my advice would be just to go for it. And I, that's probably the kind of advice you're going to get from most people. But, but here's why, um, you will get to know people from all over the world and from all walks of life who share the same passion that you do. And if in particular in your personal life, it's not always easy to find those people. Um, it can be a shame. But honestly, when you get involved in this community through whatever medium, you will just become part of a community and really, you know, a family uh, of people who share all the same passions that you do. And, you know, as humans, I think we are designed to be in community in one way or another. And, um, you know, Disney is a part of my everyday life at home. And uh, it's great that it's also part of an everyday life, you know, online and in, in, in that world as well. Um, so I think what you get out of it is worth just diving in and getting on with it.
0: That's great. And that, that's wonderful advice. And I completely agree that all of the effort and all the work that you're able to put in just to be part of the Disney community and form those new relationships is absolutely worth it in itself. If, if nothing else comes from it, the new relationships are worth it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's just, and it's growing. I mean, it's growing all the time. And uh, it's just really great to kind of, I feel like you learn something new every day. You know, I I, I get to find out things every day. um, Even if it's just, you know, kind of technical information about what's happening at the parks or just even historical information and things I never realized before. And it's just, I feel like we're all fueling each other's passions and, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful.
0: You're exactly right. And I've often thought to myself that I thought I had this love and and this knowledge for Disney before I started the podcast. But since then um, it has just grown immensely day over day after day. Um, And that's something that I treasure so much of, of being part of the Disney community. But Hannah, it has been so great having you on today. Um, I want to remind our listeners one more time that if you haven't uh, haven't been able to check out the Charlton's videos, please do that at Charlton's Do Disney on YouTube. You can also connect with Hannah and Scott and Kai at Charlton's Do Disney on Instagram. Such a fun Disney family to follow along with, get to experience their adventures in the parks and, and so great. Um, to be able to follow along with that so Hannah is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head off
1: uh, just that um, you'll be able to see hopefully uh, the vlogs from our upcoming trip to Paris in uh, towards the end of this year. Our, our trip is in November, so hopefully vlogs will start going out in time for Christmas. Uh, and then also we have a, another two-week trip booked for Orlando in August next year. We literally just booked and paid for our flights about three days ago, so we're committed. We're definitely coming, um, and we look forward to vlogging that as well. We're also thinking about doing some kind of at-home ticket Camera kind of stuff, but we're just talking about that at the moment, so it'd be nice to know if anybody's interested in seeing that kind of stuff because you know I, I can talk a lot about Disney anytime.
0: Well, my hand is raised over here, um, so as soon as you drop any kind of new content, I will be eating that up. I uh, look forward to seeing what else you guys dive into because uh, I love following along with you guys. So, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on with us today, joining some of your experiences, some of your wisdom um and some of the reasons behind you do what you do so thank you so much uh for joining and chatting with us today
1: thank you ever so much it has been such a joy and a pleasure to talk to you today
0: thank you for listening to detour to neverland if you like what you heard Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.